You are listening to Veggie Doctor Radio, and this is episode number 36, Lori Manby and her 80-pound weight loss journey as a vegan on Weight Watchers. When it's dinner time, I got something you should try. It's crunchy, green, and yummy, and it's about to blow your mind. It's low on calories, and it looks like mini trees when you're having dinner with me. Broccoli. Dr. Yami Kazorla Lancaster, board certified pediatrician, certified food for life cooking and nutrition instructor, certified well coach, and passionate promoter of the power of diet and lifestyle in preventing and reversing chronic disease and bringing joy and longevity into our lives. This podcast is focused on plant based nutrition habit formation, behavior change, and motivation so that you can have the tools to live the best life possible. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you keep coming back as a regular listener. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. Welcome back to Veggie Doctor Radio. Happy Sunday, everybody. I hope that you are enjoying your holiday weekend and that you have been eating your fruits and vegetables beans and whole grains when you're going out to your barbecues and potlucks for the Memorial Day weekend. This week, I have a very interesting guest. Her name is Lori Manby. And Lori initially went vegan for ethical reasons, but she actually gained about 25 pounds in the process. She knew that if she wanted to change her body, she'd have to change her mind. So two years later, at 210 pounds, she joined Weight Watchers. The program had the structure she wanted while she figured out a way to stop the record of doubt playing over and over in her head. She just needed to figure out a way to make it work with her binge eating behaviors and junk food diet. Her all or nothing personality kicked into overdrive, allowing her to quickly crack the code. And she's been maintaining an 80-pound weight loss in the process, discovered her life's purpose and her biggest passion, which is to be open about her deepest, darkest secrets with binge eating and use her techniques to support, motivate, and inspire others with similar stories. When I first heard about Lori, I was a little bit skeptical. I was very curious because she actually talks about herself as a junk food vegan. But as I always say, there's no such thing as magic calories. And in order to lose weight, we do have to have a calorie deficit. We are not immune to the laws of physics. So she was able to leverage this, the structure of Weight Watchers using the point system. She literally has learned how to use these points to her advantage to get exactly what she wants for both ways. She got her weight loss and she got to eat her cake too, vegan cake of course. Now, I am going to admit, even though she claims that she doesn't love fruits and vegetables, she does eat her broccoli and she got very excited about the broccoli song for the podcast. I do of course recommend as much as possible a whole foods plant-based diet But there is room for these play foods in our life. We don't have to be afraid of them. 
And even though Lori describes herself as a food addict, she is able to eat these foods in reasonable portions and still maintain a healthy weight. It's super interesting. It's super fascinating. Maybe this is not the way you would do it, but what can we learn from Lori's story about how she was able to change her mindset and go from years and years and years of struggle to success, mentoring other people, and helping other people achieve their dream weight. Very interesting, very fascinating. I hope that you learned something from this conversation. But before I take you to the interview, I do want to thank our sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company that was created especially for health conscious individuals. You can find out more about Health IQ by visiting Health iq.com forward slash veggie doctor and using the special promo code veggie doctor. All right, guys, I know you're going to love it. I'd love to hear your feedback about this episode. Enjoy. Today I have with me Lori Manby and I found out about her through Dr. Shankman through her book and also the little I heart you university thing that she's been doing where Lori got to be a guest speaker. And I found Lori on Facebook and started following her and got really curious until I finally decided to ask her to be on the podcast. I know that she's going to be a perfect guest for today. So Lori, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. My total pleasure. This is so exciting. I've never done a podcast and I just love what you do. So it's a real honor to be here. Well, this is going to be incredibly interesting. So listeners, get ready. Lori, you have just a fascinating story. You yeah. went vegan for ethical reasons, right? Tell Absolutely. me story about how you decided to change over to a vegan diet and lifestyle. You know, it's really super universe connected me. I lived in Chicago at the time and I did a lot of dog transport rescue and it was so emotionally fulfilling for me. And we had this particular story that was just heartbreaking. And when we completed the changeover of the last connection where the dog went off to his final home, the news was there, covered it. And gosh, it was just this, this celebration between people and the spirit was amazing. So afterward, we went to uh, just eat at a restaurant, and I had filet mignon, and I posted a picture of it, like everyone does, and said something along the lines of celebrating the most successful rescue and, you know, yada, yada. I think I even had a link. And someone sent me a private message who, if you're active in the rescue and vegan community, you have so many virtual friends. And I had built this huge amount of just network friends and people I didn't know. And this man named Willie sent me a private message and said, hey, non-confrontational, I saw your post about the celebration. Very cool. I was wondering why you celebrate rescuing one animal while you are eating another. Mm. And I thought and said, you know, I honestly don't know. I had never thought about it that way. And other than lamb, you know, you see them and they're cuddly and they're cute. And I, it just never occurred to me in my head. And he said, would you be open to watching a documentary? And I said, absolutely. And he sent me the link to Earthlings, the 
full version. And I, he said, make sure that you check out this full version. And I said, okay. And I was working in a place where um, I did events and I had the Saturday free as something was going on. And I watched the documentary, threw up in my trash can. Mm. Keep in mind, I can clean up, vomit, and have no problem. So when I threw up in my trash can, that means it's major. I walked to the back where I had my lunch, tossed everything out, and was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Now, it was a bit of a transition in terms of really learning and understanding. I didn't have any vegan friends. So I was still doing cheese in smaller amounts. And then Willie, a week later, I had, um, my dad had passed and he sent me another documentary on dairy. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'm not eating dairy anymore. And to be honest, I didn't know what the word vegan was. I had to Google it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is intense. That could have gone in so many different directions. I mean, that yeah. he had a lot of courage to message you. Yeah. And, but I'm, I'm really, um, I mean, that's just amazing how you took that and you were like open instead of getting that cognitive dissonance and being like, no, I'm going to reject that. What do you think allowed you to be open to? Yeah, I'll look into this. I'll think deeper about this. You know, I've just always had a very deep connection with animals. <laughs> I will see an animal having, even if it's on TV and like many people, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it really does affect me. I have to turn off the TV. And oddly enough, I love crime shows that are killing people. I have no, I, I'm sorry that that's just reality but I just can't even go there with something with an animal. And I just, when people confront me with information, I'm often defensive mm -hmm. and I will stand. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a personality that's passive, but when you confront me with information, even in a confrontational way, I'll can get defensive or a non-confrontational way. But then I would say one of my, qualities is I might stand my ground, but then I do go back and I think about it. Mm -hmm. But because it was done in a way that wasn't calling me a jerk, wasn't standing and yelling at me with a sign, um, you know, while I was trying to do something, I, I just was open to it because I had I didn't, I didn't know. And I thought, I gotta Google that, see what it is. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I'm doing that. Yeah. That was it. And Earthlings, that's a really heavy movie to watch. I, I watched it at the beginning of my journey too. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Right. So difficult. And if you do have that part of you inside, it's, wow, you feel very deep pain. Exactly. It's like a whole new world opens for you that you yeah. didn't know was there. So mm -hmm. I'm very grateful that you, you know, you had this friends that reached out in a yeah. gentle way and allowed yeah. you to see this world that seems like it's aligned with you anyway. So 100%. A good and place. I didn't even know I'd never seen his name before. Thanks, Willie Perry. Shout out. <laughs> okay. So then, so you, you decided to go vegan. Mm -hmm. Did you have any feelings at the time that this would be helpful to your health or that it would affect <laughs> your weight? Or was that not something you even thought about? 
it was not even the realm because I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. When you have no clue of anything other than the ethical shock, no vegan friends, all you did was Google the word vegan, which Google the word vegan by definition is an ethical stance. Yes. So I had no idea really that it would even do anything for my health. And at the time, and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. And you, you had been struggling with your weight. You had been struggling oh, with yeah. a binge eating disorder, food addiction. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so take me on that journey. So now you're vegan. And then what happened next? So in terms of the health part or just in general? Uh, so all I did, because I was in the suburb of Chicago, I had, I've always had, I'm a junk food vegan. I've always been a junk food eater then. Um, so I never was a vegetable fruit eating person. I was eating fast food and things like that. So again, I really had no idea about these raw vegans, the whole foods, you know, the plant-based I knew nothing about it, just as I knew nothing about the bond of the ethical vegans. Um, You know, I don't like to separate and get hateful on those things. I believe in educating because that is how I became vegan. Um, So I didn't even really truly understand the nutrition part of it until I moved from Chicago, where I had not a single vegan friend, to Los Angeles which also happens to be, you know, they're diet conscious and things like that is when I really kind of joined some vegan groups um, and started meeting actual real life vegans. And those real life vegans, except for Heather, (laughs) and even then, um, you know, weren't focused on that very strong, passionate, ethical veganism. Mm -hmm. So we met for meetups at restaurants that mac and cheese, mac and cheese pizza, jackfruit nachos, you know, beer, milkshakes made with coconut milk. It it just wasn't anything apart that I was in. Mm -hmm. So I just had heard this raw vegan thing and I thought, oh, hell no, that I'm not doing. No, 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 no. So I gained more weight, about 20, it was probably more like 25, but you know, I like to say 20. Yeah. More pounds. So, so you actually gained weight on a vegan oh, yeah. diet, which is definitely possible if you're consuming more calories, oh, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah. there's no magic calories. A calorie is a calorie is a calorie. <laughs> and were you disappointed about this or did you, did it make you feel upset that you had gone vegan and gained weight? What were your thoughts? No, because that wasn't why I was vegan. So you you didn't really, it wasn't going to be, you weren't going to change your decision regardless of that. I really wouldn't have because my perception of what I had seen online were green smoothie, drinking vegetable, don't cook anything above 118. Uh, I went to this restaurant and there was a, I ordered a vegetable lasagna and the noodles were like zucchini. I was like, no. And the green juice tasted like grass. I was like, no, 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 no. I, I'm not doing this. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Okay. So uh, you're so cute. I just love you. I, I'm going to be laughing this whole time. 
So by this point, you had already tried different diets. You oh, before yes. you even went vegan, you have a lifetime of yes. dieting, the binge eating, restriction, yes. binge eating, restriction, binge eating, this kind of thing. And you had actually tried Weight Watchers even before this. Yes. But then you hit a crisis point. What was that crisis point that caused you to want to go back and try again with Weight Watchers? So I had tried when I moved here, I tried three more times to give it my all because of the gaining weight, going vegan on top of what I already needed to lose. So I had heard all of the raw tail four. I tried that and gained five pounds in a week. Just because it's raw does not mean you get to eat it nilly willy. And doesn't that sound a little familiar? Zero point <laughs> foods, hashtag zero point foods. So I did that massive failure. We all know what happens when you fail. It's harder to get up, at least for me. So then my sister has always been more health conscious and I live with her and she was working with a personal trainer. And, you know, I believe that when you want to be successful at something, you find someone that is achieving the results you want and you mimic what they're doing. It's just that simple. So I've always appreciated her dedication to working out and how she looks. So she bought me a package with her personal trainer. And while she was very good at what she did, she was not trained in the weight loss of somebody that was obese. Mm -hmm. I could not walk around the block in my right calf or my left calf on the outer side would seize up to my kneecap and my ankles would roll. Mm -hmm. Like I literally... My sister bought me, you know, good running shoes to stabilize me. I just, it was awful. So I didn't do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I stopped that. And then I tried one more time to do cardio bar. She bought me a month package because I had done ballet a little bit, um, you know, and I really did like it back then. So I thought, okay, and I am an all in person. So for one month, six days a week, I did cardio bar. And I worked, I did not, not work. I worked where I thought I was almost going to die after. And I was super excited and I only lost 0.2 pounds after a month. So I gave up and I've always been the funny, you know, passionate, kooky girl. So I just said, well, I'm just the fat vegan who's funny and, you know, teased about it. And then that's what I became. Mm -hmm. So then my sister Terry had given me a, a digital picture frame. I hadn't seen photos on my phone, literally some of those for 20 years. Thank goodness social media was not a big thing back then. Um, so I never put them on any other computer and iPad. So she got me that frame and I just dumped all of them on there, what I had. So I'm watching at my computer screen and I say, oh, look at that. And I'm, you know, oh, look at that. And I had had, I had done Fenton and gotten really thin and in a great way. And it just very slowly crept on. So I had many years of being okay with my body all the way up until about my wedding. And that's when it crashed. But the aha moment was that digital picture frame randomly selecting photos. And I remember seeing a wedding one and I thought, oh, that dress looks so cute. And then the next one was a recent photo. And even though I was a master at angles, it caught me out of the corner of my eye. And I looked and I said, oh my God, who is that fat girl? And I literally was like, oh my God, 
oh my, oh my God, that is me. I had no clue that I had gotten that big. No clue. Wow. I, and that was like an angle where I thought I was high, you know, doing well. I am not joking you. I, the pit of me, like I had just gone off a roller coaster, dunk, sunk so deep inside me. I've never felt anything like it. Mm -hmm. And I turned to my computer screen and signed up for Weight Watchers. I had wow. just heard a friend that was talking about it. And, you know, we all, everyone knows about Weight Watchers and the point system. Many of us have done it because it works. It's quite literally the only diet, any diet works when you stay to it, that anyone can have success on no matter what your eating style, your lifestyle and whatnot when you stick with it. Mm -hmm. And I had lost that weight. So that's what I went to. And back then, you know, I did the excuse, oh, the tracking got hard. Oh, it doesn't fit my lifestyle. Oh, eating out is too hard. And I'm not good at math, even with the calculator. Mm -hmm. So doing that hand tracking and the pull-up thing, but I knew it worked. And so with that little seed of someone telling me, oh, that's all online now. Oh, they have an app for that. Instant. Turned and signed up. So it took that. And, and I think oh, that's yeah. a, it's a really interesting story because you saw a picture of you where you liked what you saw immediately followed by the reality yes. of the present. And it was just enough that split screen image was just mm -hmm. enough to kind of jar you into, mm -hmm. into action. And you were like mm -hmm. immediately into action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what weight and size were you at that point when you started? 220 is what I put in that app and I'm five nine. Okay. And I'm going to be brutally honest because I'm very much a perfectionist. That 210 was when I went to the doctor a month before. I could not bring myself to get it on the scale in my house until about two days after. <laughs> so that 210 was what the doctor had there. And two days after that doctor, I got on the scale at my house. Okay. So 210 is what's in my app. It, it, it could have probably been 211, but I'm over 210, yeah. even numbers. And then what size clothes were you wearing? I was in 1X 1820, but some of my things were extremely tight. So mm -hmm. an 1820 1X pushing over really to that 1X part. Mm -hmm. So you had done Weight Watchers before and you had been successful, but you weren't able to keep it off for a variety of things. Things happen in life and you were just like, right. oh, whatever, I, you know, and then just mm -hmm. slowly slippery slope back to just normal, yeah. the way that you had been eating previously. Yes. What changed in your mind this time? Because I feel like you tackled it this second time, you tackled it aggressively and you lost yes. weight pretty quickly. What changed in there? What clicked in there to make it so that you were so determined and so committed? I think where I had gotten, when I did it before, I had about 20-ish pounds to lose from the fence end that had slowly crept on. And it was people at work that were doing it, right? It was fun. I had like four of us, we would go to lunch and we would have this little, okay, how much did you lose this week kind of thing going on. And it was more of a competition between us just because of the dynamics in the office. Um, this time, because the shock of where I was at and I just could not believe that I had just let myself get that big. Mm -hmm. And I always say that because I'm, I'm now working with an amazing 
um, therapist, I had been diagnosed with the binge eating disorder two years prior and done no therapy or anything to change it because I was the funny fat girl, right? Yeah. So it was really just the diagnosis. I was not working on it in therapy in terms of just on that. Um, so it was not anything that was active. But when I saw that, the dots connected and I knew that I needed help. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to find something that had structure because I am a structure person. And I knew that Weight Watchers has the structure that I needed while I could figure out a way to make it work with my binge eating behaviors and my junk food vegan diet and my very much lack of exercise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just had to figure that out. So, so that was on me. So yeah. So tell me how you did figure it out and how you've been successful because I see your posts and believe me, I, so I eat a little bit differently. <laughs> it, I love the way you eat because it looks amazing. Um, <laughs> So you're able to still eat these foods. I, I call them hyper palatable foods, donuts and treats and chocolate and peanut butter and things like that. And you are now wearing a size zero to two, correct? Correct. And 120 something pounds at five, nine. And mm -hmm. this is even given that you grew up, not this thin. Like, you, oh, yeah. this is like the only time in your life you've been this lean, right? Like the thin. I got down to, I think I was maybe a four on the, it was so long ago, but the Fenton right after high school got me there. But when it became, when the FDA pulled it, you know, the weight keeps creeping on yeah. because again, like any diet, it's not that I had changed my eating habits. They changed a little because my size was smaller, but as my age grew and I you know, could drink legally and go out more and dating people. So it, it became slowly creeping on because I did not change my behaviors. And when you pull that pill, the magic pill, it's not going to maintain. Mm -hmm. And that's the same. That was a tool. Mm -hmm. Weight Watchers is a tool. Mm -hmm. And the connection is you have to use the tool, but make the tool work on your machine forever, not just fix one part. Yeah. Because it's going to keep breaking down. So yeah, explain to me how that works for you. How, how do sure. you make it work for you? So there are several things. Do you want to know how I work the program specifically or how I used my brain to retrain to keep that happen? Kind of two different part. things. Yeah, I want to know how you were able to change your mindset. Okay. To still have a caloric deficit. Okay. Eating these foods that you because for you it was important, right? You you wanted to keep right. eating these same foods, but you right. had to eat less of them. You knew that you right. had to get a calorie deficit because that's yes. the only way we can lose right. weight, right? I mean, exactly. The laws of physics, unfortunately, apply right. to everybody. Mm -hmm. So you had to get a calorie deficit. Right. So how did you change your mindset so that you were able to maintain that and with a binge eating disorder, not yeah. trigger that worse? See, that's the part yeah. that's fascinating for me because typically when people have a binge eating disorder, whenever you're restricting calories and eating things in portioned amounts, the binge eating disorder goes out of control and then they go crazy and, you know, binge because I know because I've experienced this myself. So 
I want to know how you were able to change your mindset so that didn't happen to you in that way. Okay. So I, the power of the the visualization really connected in my head. I've kind of actually always made fun of like affirmations. And I had just done that in a recent attempt, you know, put your goals up on the thing. And you know, it's just not, I'm sorry. It's just not me. I'm not a Omi. I'm ADHD. I'm up. I'm, you know, so I, when I experienced that gut wrenching view of myself, it clicked that visualization. I'm onto something. Mm -hmm. So I made photo albums in my phone instantly. I'm very much, I'm addicted to my, to my phone and food. So on my phone, I, because I'm an organization, like obsessed with things like that, I made an instant album and I called it before me. And then I put it in and I put in after me. This is, I'm cliff noting it, but the before me, I took as many photos as I could find. And again, you know, I didn't grow up in social media, so I didn't have a lot. Um, So I put those in an album and I made myself look at it. Long story short, I was going to brainwash myself into thinking that I was a thin person who could control their weight. So I made before and after splits of myself and over and over and over to shock myself and remind me of that. And the after, I didn't have a lot. So I, I Googled size 810 because that's the number I pulled out of my head because my wedding dress was a size eight. I had zero clue what that number on the scale was. Even when I was a healthy weight and loved the way I looked, I, I don't think I, I knew what that number was. It's not about the number. That's just a tool to monitor where you're at in your size. So I Googled 810 size celebrities, realistic, stress that, wasn't trying to put like, you know, Kate Moss. So I made those and I hammered after, before, after, me, after. I put post-its up all over. Look at photos look at photos. There was a photo on my closet, a photo in my bathroom. It would fall down from the steam. I would put it back up everywhere. And when I didn't want to see it, I had a glaring post-it in my face that said, look at photos. So I would look at the photos. I waited in line. I looked at the photos, red light. Sorry, broke the law. Look at the photos anywhere I was because that experience was horrifying Mm -hmm. in my app. I started researching because when I signed up online, downloaded the app, I instantly went and got my Amy's mac and cheese out of the freezer and was like, okay, great. Uh, I think I got 42 points at that time. It was 19. I was like, oh no, no, no. So I went down and got a salad from the place and just had like half of it because I just in my brain instantly thought like, that's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And just kind of gave myself a little. So over and over, I looked at those. And in that app, I used that as a tool. I researched, I was up and up and up. I researched looking. I looked at things. I'm vegan. I looked at things not vegan because there weren't and kind of still are not. Actually, there's 
I'm going to call a spade a spade. There's not a lot of the vegan packaged foods that are in there. Mm -hmm. So I looked up nutritional values. I looked at non-vegan versions. I looked at restaurants. I looked at what I used to eat being non-vegan. There was a chocolate molten dessert from Chili's I used to eat by myself after my meal. It's 50 something points. I looked at milkshakes I used to have. Anything. Because I was eating non-vegan versions of those things. Mm -hmm. And I just over and over looked at those numbers. And we all do that when we start the program. We go to a store and we scan and scan and scan. Mm -hmm. When you see someone doing that in the store, you're like, hey, girl, Weight Watchers twins, because you know what they're doing. I continue that. I still to this day. But to you, it, it's become almost a pleasurable and rewarding experience. Like you get a thrill out of this. Like you really Absolutely. like it. Absolutely. And how that started, I'm very goal-driven. And while I love to compete, I'm, I've never been an athlete. So I don't think I've had that outlet. And I got to compete with myself. And when I do, you know, anyone, when you do, I teach people a lot of goal-setting. When you are crossing things off, achieving goals, it changes the chemistry in your body and makes you want to continue. Mm -hmm. And it's not about, you know, the idea of getting to the 810 was big, but I love to prove people wrong. And when you tell me, everyone says this, when you tell me I can't do it, oh, that's the biggest mistake you're going to make mm -hmm. because I'm going to do it and you're going to look like a fool. Mm -hmm. And someone close to me said that in not a mean way, just you know, like, oh, it's kind of an aggressive goal. Do you think you, you know, maybe would be better starting with something else? And I was so offended, even though it was a place of love. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how dare you decide where I get to be? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm going to be 40, but I really don't care. There are people that have done more with less mm -hmm. of anything. So that is what threw me into overdrive. And it's achieving when I stepped on that scale because I had done my fitness pal the whole time of doing the cardio bar, lost 0.2 pounds in that whole month because I didn't change my diet. So when I stepped on the scale of Weight Watchers and had, I think it was like eight-ish pounds, I was like, what? This is insane. And the rush of that was physical. Mm -hmm. It started from ahead. It went all the way. It was like a high. It was like the high, a better high than I got my first binge. Mm -hmm. The feeling of it was monumental. It was the opposite of the gut down. It was the gut up. Mm -hmm. Total dopamine rush of endorphin. I mean, it was, it was insane. And then that stupid little doubter that, you know, comes in, well, oh, that's just water weight. Anytime I see that in the group on page, I'm like, it, stop it. Do not diminish your loss. Celebrate your win because yeah, even if it's water weight, you don't need to be carrying it. Mm-hmm. So as that little guy creeped up, I was just like, oh no, 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 no. And I just literally was in my bathroom and I was like, hey girl, you know, jutted my hip up and I was like, you go. <laughs> and then I was, and I was That's like awesome. so excited and I didn't really have anyone to share it with. I get emotional because I was just like, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. It was only a week, you know, but I just was like, I took power over something that I felt like I didn't have any power over my entire life. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't believe I did it. Mm -hmm. And I was just so excited. And that moment gave me even more strength to take 
the tools. I am, I have a project management background. So I took my strengths to make it work for me. We all have different strengths. I used other people's strengths to incorporate. You know, when you're not good at something, you look what they're doing. I researched and I, you know, I made it happen, but I did take those skills. So I knew in my work, you always have to set yourself up for success. So I said, I'm going to do that here. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to go to work and I'm totally, you know, I'm quick and fast. I never want to stop. I want to get that email returns. My main career place that I grew up was extremely strict and just, you know, kind of nailed things into me. So I knew that when I got there, it was going to be a struggle for me. So I put a plan in action. Mm-hmm. I set alarms. What I did is in that alarm, I looked at the pictures. When I went to the bathroom, looked at the picture. And so one of the things that I want to discuss with you is because you do consider yourself a food addict and have binge eating mm-hmm. disorders, but if you, yeah. you know, are part of any of these groups or read any of this stuff, the current thinking now mm-hmm. is that the way to treat food addiction is to completely abstain right. from foods that you feel like you have an addiction to, but you have mm-hmm. not done that. You have been able to eat these in controlled amounts. Mm-hmm. So how, how does that work out for you? And, and I know that you say you make it work with your binge eating disorder. What yeah. does that mean to you exactly? Yeah. So I, I've done every diet, literally. There's not a single diet that I haven't done. So I knew that if I took everything and cleared the cabinets, I was going to binge on those things later. Mm-hmm. So I put a, I had a come to Jesus meeting with myself. Mm-hmm. I wrote down things because I'm very, or, I'm, that's how I organize my thoughts. So I made lists of like triggers and what I wanted to eat. So my goal was to figure out a way. Now, don't get me wrong. I did not have a package of Thin Mints sitting on my counter. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, very good about those things, but I couldn't just pull the pantry out. I'll go back and eat more. Mm-hmm. My mom had kickstarted me with a, a three-month supply of Nutrisystem just prior to going vegan. And I had a major binge on cauliflower, uncontrollable, because you don't have real anything but the fruits and veggies, because they send you the rest. Um, and I was like, man, I can't control myself on cauliflower. And so clearly, I would go back to it. So then what I had to do is, again, do a lot of research and understand what those numbers meant and visually see it. So I went through everything I have, you know, scanned. Some things I was like, oh, that's just not, sorry, that's just not worth it, right? We all have that. And then I wrote in the things that I really loved, I wrote Sharpies. I pre-portioned everything. There was nothing that came in my house that did not have a Sharpie. And I looked at serving sizes and I looked in the app and I backed down and I thought, okay, well, I could totally do a tablespoon of my favorite Justin's hazelnut spread. That's vegan Nutella um, on a slice of toast instead of two every night. And that would be awesome. So I backed that down and just played in that app to be able to say, what could I keep? What is worth it? And then set myself up with the control of having those things around in my 
system was do not deny. Decide and treat yourself consistently because I can have those things. I no longer need to overdo it. Mm -hmm. And that's how I did it. Yeah. I love that. I love that because I totally believe that. I totally believe that whenever we give ourselves permission to be open to eating really anything we want, mm -hmm. some of those foods do lose their pool. Uh huh. But do you feel, so this is the other part I'm curious about. Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel like you get enough food to eat? Or do you, I mean, how, how is your appetite as far as hunger and satiety? Whenever you eat these foods that are more dense in calories, you have to eat less because they're higher points. So how Correct. does that work out for you as far as feeling satisfied? So of course, I went and found all of the lower point things. I am a volume eater, very much so. Well, I Googled and looked the Weight Watchers zero point foods, right? Mm -hmm. And I was looking, well, I like broccoli. I guess I could steam that. I'm okay with that. I pulled the oil off. I um, ate larger amounts of that. And I have a rule in business that it's have tos before want tos. If I want to do that, I have to finish this proposal. Mm -hmm. That whole idea, I thought, oh, I'm just going to transfer. And I know. With my work, I don't eat breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person. I've always been that way. And at work, I often don't even eat lunch um, because I'm just so, so busy. I'm on an event or I'm just busy. And because I'm just like, ah, I got to do everything, it just doesn't often happen. And then I come home and I shove everything in my mouth. Mm -hmm. So I looked at that when I was making my list originally of my habits. And I said, okay, I got to make that work. So I created a plan incorporating big bowls of broccoli have to before want to you want to go into those points you have to do this i actually don't drink soda I haven't had one since i was 19 because i'm vain and a dermatologist told me that it was messing my skin up um so <laughs> i didn't have that i'm a big water drinker um and we all know drink a glass of water before you this and you know it actually does have something, but I already had a big intake on that. But that's a thing that I did. I have to drink a bigger glass of water. And I, then I found the lower point things. I love Gardein. I am a huge processed food person. And I looked, I found what versions of what, then I found a role because I'm not trying to not eat bread. I'm sorry. I'm like Oprah in the commercial. I eat bread every day, several times because that's just what I love. So I found less, a slice of toast. I went and scanned all of the breads of the vegan ones and found one instead of four that was two. Okay, I will compromise on that so that I can have my Justin's. Mm -hmm. And I learned that. And so when I get home, on the drive home, I start to get really hungry and then I walk in and ah, everything in my mouth. So I thought to myself, all right, how do I combat that? set myself up for success. I made a low point snack on the way home and veggies. I now have a real love for veggies, which is just funny if you knew me before. Um, thank you, Weight Watcher. Mm -hmm. And I did that so that when I walked in the door, it wasn't a shove everything in my mouth. So I would get comfy, take my dog for a walk, sit down, and then it was an early snack. I put most of my food before bed. I know. 
you're not supposed to eat after six, whatever. I don't even start eating until six. So I did that by design. Mm -hmm. If I eat my dinner at six, I'm later like, oh, okay, what am I going to, like, what's there, right? So when I had a little snack with my ice drink, my three point, my chips with my ice drink, bubbly fill me up. Then I would have dinner, hmm, 8 9 o'clock is when that started to happen. And I didn't eat my veggies and my sandwich. I did my sandwich. Then after that, or, or before that kind of depending, um, I would have a big bowl of steamed broccoli. If I had a salt craving, soy sauce went on it. Sometimes mm -hmm. I baked in the oven if I wanted a little crunch because, you know, it's starting to get fancy. So I just kind of listened for the first time in my life to my body and my mind. And that's when it clicked. If you want to change your body, you have to change your mind. Mm -hmm. And it just pulled little things together piece by piece. I tried something. It didn't work. I change it. Your strategy isn't work. Change it. So you just don't continue down the same line because you think it's working. If it's not working, change it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. Well, and then the other thing I've read that you do is that you, you're a big planner. I mean, you just love to sit there and plan mm -hmm. out your whole week. My so gosh, you know, it. you have everything kind of ready to go. So you know how much you can have. You even portion out things that you can take one bite at a time and you count it so that you know. And even to this day, you've been on maintenance for how long now? Uh, gosh, since January of 2017, it's like 17 months. Yeah. And you still count yeah. your points every week, right? So you're still yeah. really on top of making sure that you regulate your intake. And I want to touch on something. So things, people don't think that, um, don't get it twisted. When you say plan out my week, I am not planning out meals in my head. What I'm doing, I'm a creature of habit during the week. So I eat very much the same thing. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing with that is I'm going to my favorite restaurant on Saturday. I look at that menu. This is what I want to have. Here's what the points are. And I drop things in my app ahead of time because I know that I have this. I know I have this. And I would put those placeholders in so that my weekly numbers, I knew where I was ahead of time. Because what happens, you know, failing to plan, failing to fail. So I would teach people that even, but in that Saturday night, putting in my mac and cheese pizza and my cocktail, actually, when I started, I was a huge boozer. I would drink a lot, very social. So I saved all of my points for booze. And I used to do, you know, sometimes Taco Tuesday. Well, Google or look at a margarita in the app. You'll be like, oh, I'm not going to do Taco Tuesday anymore. So I then thought, well, I like margarita. So I looked up skinny margarita and then that was less points. And I thought, well, I'll have half of that. So I would make my friend have half. I was awful. I always made my friends like, you're having half of that, right? I literally, I would plan ahead. I'm like, we're going here. You're going to order that. I'm going to have three bites. Okay, great. So that's what I did. Because if you don't have a support system of people that are down to help you with this, guess what? Toxic. Bye-bye. And you know what? It's my journey, not yours. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not having that. I shed pounds and I shed toxic people. I was done. So I boozed it up um, and I switched to vodka soda because I was in that app. How much is tequila? How much is this? How much is that? 
what can I mix with? Oh, I'm not doing that vodka great food anymore. I'm going to switch to this. I'm going to use lime, I'm going to use fresh lime juice. And what I did, because I didn't drink because I liked the taste. I drank because I liked the social aspect and I liked the light, buzzy feeling. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I was going to get that buzzy feeling. So when I went in my app and tracked ahead and I, I knew that it was seven to eight of those drinks, sorry, I'm being honest. So what I did when I went is I took the straw out of the drink and I set it down so that when I got that little buzziness, I had my straws to count and make sure that I was in line with what I had tracked in that app. So my food going when I wasn't choosing to booze it up and I, you know, was having, you know, pizza and jackfruit nachos, I went ahead, tracked that in my app. The key is I had, you know, 42 dailies, right? So I would have like my protein bar at five points in the late afternoon. And then I had um, a little, like a little snack before I went. And in my app, I also tracked that part ahead and I saved part of my weeklies. If that's kind of confusing. So if you go into your Saturday and you put your booze and all of that in, it will pull from those numbers. But if you're planning on doing that just at one time and that's the only meal that you're having, okay. But that wasn't the only meal I'm having. I'm a volume eater. I wanted a second dinner when I came home. And if you bring half of your meal home, you're just bringing home the high points. Mm -hmm. I pawned it off on friends. I ordered kid versions. There's a lot of homeless people in the area. I would take half of it immediately, half of it into go box and pass it off when I went outside. Those were not coming back in my house because they were hashtag treat yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that planning ahead, then I popped my guardian's dinner that I wanted when I came home so that I really actually had an accurate number of those weeklies going throughout the week versus getting there on Saturday and be like, oh no, I forgot to put my breakfast, my lunch, and that number actually now is negative mm -hmm. and visualization, right? So during the week I saw I only have two weeklies left. And so that really kept me in check during the week. And if I decided, oh, I kind of want a Girl Scout cookie. I'm not kidding you. I used to have half of a Girl Scout cookie because I wanted to have it. And I didn't want to waste the points on five when I get three. My right. sister was like, you're insane. It's all this. Like, I went to try vegan donuts and I cut them in fourths. Mm -hmm. I had one fourth of this flavor, one fourth of this flavor. And that's just was my strategy. And, and you're able to do that because you know your numbers and you, you're OCD about staying within those numbers and hitting your goals every week. Because I feel like most people would, would like have a bite and they're like, oh my God, and then just like eat the whole box. <laughs> so did, you ever, did that ever happen to you? I mean, have you ever had setbacks like that? We're going to take a quick break here so I can tell you a little bit more about our sponsor, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company that was created for health conscious individuals to help them save money because Health IQ knows that health conscious individuals like you 
vegetarians, vegans, marathon runners, cyclists, people that are active and healthy and care about their health actually cost less to insure because we live longer, healthier lives. So why not make it a win-win situation? They are able to get exclusive special rates for 56% of their clients and they can help them save up to 33% on their life insurance. It sounds like a win-win situation to me. If you're shopping for life insurance, you need some term life insurance, then I want you to go to healthiq.com forward slash veggie doctor and use the promo code veggie doctor to find out if you qualify for these exclusive rates. And now back to the interview. The way to combat that, the first way is to track everything before it goes in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And that was my rule that I never broke. The, I, had to do, I had to do a brain cleanse. So I needed to take, there was no cheating for me. I am, you, you don't necessarily want to do what I do. There's, we can do an entire podcast on my lessons learned. Um, you know, I'm sharing those things. I'm not hiding them. That's the whole point of the vegans of Weight Watchers. But all of the ways that I gained those things was because I tracked before things went in my mouth mm-hmm. and doing that. I never went over my points once and I had to do that. Okay. This is not normal. And it actually created some behaviors after when I was in maintenance that were an issue that I had to go through that whole maintenance thing. Mm-hmm. But I got, I, I was then terrified to go over the numbers. Mm-hmm. So it created that, but I needed that. I had to prove to myself that I could do it. So it was a competition with me and I had to prove to all of the people that I told everybody in the world that I was on Weight Watchers because that for me is another way to hold myself accountable, Mm -hmm. especially when you're on social media, especially when I said I was going to run the Chicago marathon at like 190 pounds and announced it on Facebook. And when it popped up as a, on this day, I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. And like, I even remember being in the bathtub hosting that. Like literally, I remember that. And I was all jazzed up because I was talking to my friend who was going to do it. So you get those on this day thing. And I'm just like, oh my God. So I knew, I was like, I'm going to do that. Like I'm doing as I'm going, five pounds down. I used that. And let me tell you what I, I don't work for Weight Watchers. We've established that. But Weight Watchers is very smart. And here is what I think they pull on. The brain will do anything, in my case, and what I've seen, to avoid pain. Mm -hmm. If you watch people, they jump out of burning buildings, 50 floors to their death. Mm -hmm. I believe that is because they want to avoid the massive pain of burning. Mm -hmm. When you get on that scale, we all got on and went, (gasps) oh God, this is not good, right? We went to the score, scanned everything, right? That pain wanted us to change. Every week you get on the scale, that pain or that delight makes us not want to feel the pain again. Mm -hmm. If you track before it goes in your mouth and you see things go negative, that's a reminder of the pain. Mm -hmm. If you have a binge and you go off and shove it under the rug, I use this theory, a beach ball 
you're throwing it, it's light, it's beautiful in the stadiums, in the pool. But when you take that beach ball and put it under the water, it comes out and hits you in the face and you feel like you broke your nose. Mm-hmm. So you always, even after a binge, you have to track and see the negative number. And that's the key of what I did. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, there's also probably another mechanism there of, because I talked to clients too about deciding beforehand, because I think mm-hmm. that there is something there just with the mechanism of deciding you decide mm-hmm. and you want to stay in integrity with yourself. Right. Whenever we start hiding things, like we're, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh, I, I don't, I'm taking a bite here, a bite here. I'm standing mm-hmm. up. I, I, you know, like you don't, you're trying to pretend like it's not happening, but we know, mm-hmm. right? Our bodies are really smart metabolically that it, we're going to use that, those calories. So, um, so whenever we don't decide beforehand, it's almost like we're just going to fly off the seat of our pants and hope it works out. But often it may not, especially when it comes to eating out and eating some of these foods. So no, that's very, very interesting. One thing I will say is in that moment of, you know, come to Jesus moment with that picture frame, I decided that the only way that this was going to work is if I was truly honest about what I was eating. Mm -hmm. And I tell people that I help in the beginning, you know, and I still, I have, I feel just compelled to get people over to the side because of the change. I have had two years of, I mean, bad. And people don't even know that it's bad because I feel good and I look good. Yeah. I have a crappy day and I feel like total ick. I can look at myself in the mirror and be like, look what I did. I accomplished something. Mm -hmm. And I did this in the years, the worst two years of my life. Mm -hmm. And this is probably TMI, but when I felt like a binge, I got naked and ate in front of a mirror Mm -hmm. because I was disgusted at myself. I was disgusted. I, those pictures that I looked at myself, I, when I say I brainwashed myself, I brainwashed myself. Mm -hmm. That was my new addiction Mm -hmm. and I transferred it. So I got super honest about what I was eating. It's the only way it was going to happen. Yeah. You got super honest and you believed you, your brain believed that it was possible, but I, but I do want to go back and and talk about busting myths because there's several. Um, so first of all, you, your initial goal was just size eight to 10. You felt like that was achievable, even though someone told you that wasn't, which wasn't very nice, but you were like, okay, that's achievable. You got there in eight months Mm -hmm. and then you blew past that. You thought yeah. that maybe you were done at size four. So you gave away mm-hmm. all your bigger size stuff and mm-hmm. they blew past that. Yeah. And now you're a size zero to two, even though you've always been told you were big boned and you're always going to be larger. Person. Yes. So that's, that's one of the first things that you busted yeah. that myth. The other thing I think is interesting is you do most of your eating late at night, most of your yeah. calories at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't eat breakfast. Yeah. And so that's, processed foods. That's different. And then the other thing is, is that you have had lots of trials and tribulations. So we know that on a good day, it's might be difficult to eat a, you know, eat controlled Mm -hmm. fashion for food. And some, for some people it might be difficult even on a good day. Right. But 
as soon as stuff goes wrong, you lose your job or, you know, your dog dies or whatever. It's the, the automatic excuse, right? Oh, my dog mm -hmm. died. I'm going to go have right. a whole pint of ice cream. Mm -hmm. So tell me about how you were able to stay on track despite having some serious health problems, having a death in the family, all of these different things that for most people it would trigger mm -hmm. excused overeating. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely did trigger those things because my entire life, that's what I've done, right? Mm -hmm. So I, again, plastered myself, have to before want to. Mm -hmm. And if I wanted to go into those points, because that was a, I mean, I did not cross that boundary. If I wanted to go in and eat that entire box of Girl Scout cookies, I had to bargain. So I went in, is this worth it? What about this? What about changing my plans on Saturday and making them do this? What about having steamed veggies on Saturday and doing this? I have to bargain my points before want to. And then instead of the box that I wanted to eat, it became, I think I can have three of those and I'll be good because I still want to go to Sage and I still want to have this. And it just became, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. And it, I then started attaching brain thoughts to food. And what I've learned now in therapy, and it's funny because psychology has, was onto something way before things like AA. And I had joined, you know, like some support groups on Facebook. And I'm just going to be honest, I'm not a woe is me person. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. You're allowed to feel those things and talk about it and process those emotions, but then do something about it. Change does not happen without action. You're, you can't win the lottery without buying a ticket. You, you have to it's okay to be, yeah, 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 but then figure it out. And especially with the internet, you can literally Google anything. You can go on YouTube and find anything. So you just really do not have an excuse of how not to change. Mm -hmm. And so that was my process of doing things. So if I wanted to, I had to. I did it by making myself look in that app and surround myself with those numbers. So what I figured out is I was looking at the AA because Alcoholics Anonymous, because I mean, I have a lot of friends, I'm going to be honest, that were alcoholics and seeing them, even though, you know, we all have setbacks and the process of it. So the visualization is very close like that, but they do it verbally. And I've been involved in things that were great. I'm a very hearing things. I, I, uh, learn process information better. So I thought, um, I am going to piggyback on that. So in AA, if you're familiar, I mean, they have like the 12 steps. And to be honest, I didn't focus on that part. I focused on the fact, and we all know the joke, hi, my name is Lori and I'm an alcoholic, or we see it on TV, right? We all, we all know what they do, right? Um, so what I did is I used that because I then researched, like, why does that work? And with psychology, when you hear people sharing their stories, their actual stories, what was the trigger with that? When was that? Not just, oh, I had a bad day and blah, blah, blah. Like give the details. 
I was opening the refrigerator and I saw the bottle. I was walking down the alley and the bottle was half empty left. That's when, you know, those details. So what that actually does is plants in your brain. You might not even think that you have that stored. So then when you are walking down the alley and you see a bottle, you think, oh my gosh, that happened to Sally. And these little neural pathways in your brain actually start firing. You might not at that moment be able to walk by and not grab that bottle, but the thought that you took and remembered Sally having that experience is what starts to build and then you can create that strength. Mm -hmm. So I got into groups. I looked at AA, successful stories, people that conquered this. I bombarded myself. I was on my phone researching either in the app or stories, have to before want to every single time that I wanted to binge. And I binge on success stories. Mm-hmm. I shifted and, and it. Was this particularly success stories of people that have lost and maintained a weight loss or any kind no. of success story? No, any kind of success story. Michael Phelps, I just looked at him. Oh my gosh. If you, his story is amazing. I mean, he trained like six hours a day, every day when he was in. And, you know, he was actually afraid to put his head underwater. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not an athlete, please. I'm not, I don't even watch the Olympics because I'm not like, I don't know how to do any of that. I've always been like, I don't exercise and I'm never going to be that girl. So I just, any success story, I was like, oh, I'm on that. Mm-hmm. Six hours a day. And he was an Olympic athlete. And he literally did that all the way up. And the first time he went to the Olympics, he didn't even get a medal Mm -hmm. in front of all of these people after working all that hard, didn't medal. And instead of giving up, he was like, oh, hell no, I'm going back. Mm -hmm. And he went back and he trained and trained and trained and came back and won and then continued to win over and over and over. So you are really motivated by these stories of people who yes. really persevered despite yes. difficult things. Yes. So that kind of in your mind, mm-hmm. it gave you the idea that, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. It's possible yeah. for me. They're, mm-hmm. they're people, humans, just like me. So, and what well, also great. got me is I did not get motivated by celebrities. I, to this day, when I see a celebrity I did this and I lost this weight, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you have someone that can make all your food and all your decisions and all of this because you're a celebrity. You have a personal trainer, like, right? I see celebrities doing skin commercials and I'm like, okay, first of all, great skin is massively genetic. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's easy for you because you can get a facial every day (laughs) and you can get microdermabrasion once a week. And yes, I'm sure that's a great product and you do have wonderful skin, but I'm not impressed by that. Real people, I want to see real people doing what I want to do, not something unrealistic. I'm not a celebrity. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense because your yeah. brain doesn't believe it because your brain thinks like, well, I'm not them. But for yeah. norm, for regular, not normal people, celebrities normal people, but for regular <laughs> people, you think I could be that. I could yeah. I think that's a great tip. I, I recommend this to my clients as well. In, surround yourself by inspiration, stories. Mm-hmm. Other people have done examples of other people. I think that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch on something because you just mentioned yeah. this whole exercise thing. And um, yeah. Weight Watchers has 
caused you to do things you didn't think you were going to do, like eat more. Oh, yeah. So good job. Mm-hmm. I love that broccoli. Yeah. But you have been using a step counter recently, right? You've been counting your steps, so you have been exercising. So tell me about that. It's crazy. So I have um, an autoimmune and I got into an accident. I also have fibromyalgia and those things do not let your body heal um, how it should. And the, then I got into this accident and my face was scratched. I broke my nose and both of my wrists. Oh my goodness. And I handicapped myself from the cast, trying to type with two fingers from the angles. And now I have thoracic outlet syndrome after a winged scapula, blah, 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 hot mess. I haven't been able to work in a year, Mm. a year, April 26th. And I just now have been able to figure out all of the pieces and start to get a true plan as of yesterday. I'm booked for surgery on the editing. I digress. So in all of that, my whole thing is like, I don't exercise. I never have. But then I was in Chicago when I was about a size eight visiting uh, my best friend, Corey. And I was totally nervous because he only uses public transportation. And I lived in Chicago and didn't use the L. And that's, that's like being in New York and not taking the subway, right? Mm-hmm. So I was super nervous. And I, would, I was saying like ahead of time, don't forget, Corey, like I'm not a walker. And I was paranoid to get from O'Hare in to the city because just like, you know, even at, you know, airports, I was took that little walker conveyor thingy and I didn't walk on that. I waited for that to take me. So I was, I was telling him like, Corey, don't forget, I'm not a walker. Like I'm, I'm just like, I'm not, you know, my, my calves and whatever. And one day I was like, I couldn't believe how far we walked. I was like, gosh, I'm walking everywhere. I'm not even like dying. My calves aren't seizing up. And we, I looked at that little health app that I never went into that comes with an iPhone and it was like 12,000 steps. And I was like, how on God's green earth did I walk that? And I'm not even hurting. And in Converse and flip flops, I was like, that's crazy. So that was like an eight ten, and it still didn't like click in my head. And then I would do things like walk up the stairs because an elevator was broke. And that had happened to me, a very traumatic event. I actually wrote about it in an article. And I, I couldn't believe that like I, I did that and could breathe. So these little things in my brain. And then I talked to my uh, sister's friend who's a physical therapist because I was defeated. I had yanked from one medical group um, to, to another one because it was just a train wreck over there. And so you kind of start over. And one thing found this, that found this. And so I spoke to her because I was discouraged with the care at the first one because she's my sister's friend forever. So she would just just tell me what's real. And she worked with fibromyalgia and whatnot. And she said, okay, well, do you have days that you can walk? And I'm like, yeah, the bottom half of me is fine. She said, start walking. Any movement is better than none to get things moving. Even if you can't use that top part, get the bottom half. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. So I kind of looked at my step tracker and it's so silly because when I started Weight Watchers, if you were in the group back then, I started an accountability because the program calls for you to walk 3,000 steps a day. And I'm not lying to you when I say that was extremely hard and I did not hit that. So I would I had a group of three of us that had a private message doing an accountability step post. 
And there was a woman in there who wanted to lose about 400 pounds in this little PM. She kicked my ass every day. Just like walking 5,000. And I was like, what? And I couldn't even get to that 3,000 mark. And that was just, I kind of just forgot about that because it just, again, health and that wasn't part of it. So when all of these medical issues came up, that just kind of disappeared out of my brain. So when she told me to start walking, I was like, okay. And then I would just look at my steps and walking from PT to all that stuff got me like halfway there. So my neighbor retired and he's a big walker and got 10,000 steps a day. And I was like, oh God, that is like more power to you, buddy. So my sister decided to trek to base camp of Nepal to raise funds for the cancer uh, foundation that my father passed for. And I physically couldn't do anything but help with social media. And I thought, well, I'll walk while she's trekking. And so my neighbor was like, come for a walk with me here and come for a walk with me there. And then it got competitive because I was like, how many are you get? How many are you at? I'm at this. And I was like, Grr. so then I was at 5,000. And in my family text, I would say, I'm, at, I'm walking while you're trekking. Sorry, I get all emotional because that's the only thing I could do. And what? I hadn't raised the money, but I was like, I'm just going to do that for my dad in my own way. It wasn't about fundraising on my end. Although I was like nailing fundraising for her. I was like almost nagging on doors. So it just motivated me. I was like, She's, if she can trek to the base camp of Nepal, I can walk around the neighborhood. And I have, because the autoimmune and I have a nerve thing going on, I take medications that I can't be in the sun. And so it literally is painful. So I was walking around Target and the thing I had never done, I always make fun of those meditating and exercise people and I'm high and it feels so good. And I'm like, no, it never falls that way. What I had never done is quieted my mind. I'm not a meditating person. I try. It's just not me. The brain won't settle. I'm working on it. I am. I'm actually working on that. But I would always walk and talk and it would just be like, oh, going there, passing that one more time. So what I did is I put my earbuds in instead of having a conversation because I was walking at 11 o'clock at night, my best friend lived in Florida, I put on music and I was like, I just experienced something tragic from a, a friend um, and I put in music and it was a song that reminded me of him. And I was like, really? I was like, oh, mm, I was like feeling it from that song. And then I realized like my body, I was kind of like grooving. I'm not a dancer. I'm on this path, 11 o'clock at night, and then I, the next song, and I'm like, I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I kind of see like why people like to do this. You're like jamming in my own world, right? It's not the same when I'm in, in the house with the music on. It was like in my ears, it could not, it didn't allow me to get distracted by anything. Sure, I thought about thoughts, but I, it's like I couldn't tune out the song because it was in my ear. And then it became competitive with my neighbor. And then the day my sister came back, I mean, I was already doing the set alarms thing where I was just trying to get steps, but I'm not going to lie. That was really hard for me because one more and my, I've limited technology time. I have to time myself with that because of my injuries. So I'm like, ah, you know, just like compelled. So I had to get out of the house. I went to Target. I went to just every place. I occasionally would try it on, on the, the beach is how it started with like the whole hat thing. And it was just kind of hard. So that's fizzled down. But then I got to up to 10,000. It was 5,000. Then it was 10. And I was like, 
okay, this is crazy. And even someone close to me said like, well, you know, when you get back to work, like, what are you going to do then? And I was like, oh, challenge accepted. Not back to work yet, <laughs> but watch it. So when I was doing the 10,000 steps, I was like, once I did that two days in a row, it was just like getting on that scale the first time. I can't believe I did it. And I did it again. And I did it again. And it was going, I was quiet about it. And then I kept doing it. And then I was like, to my neighbor, Charlie, I was like, I'm at 10,152. And it was the night I picked uh, my sister up from the airport. And I had all of these things to do. And I went there thinking, oh, I'm going to get like my steps there coming back internationally. And then I got there and I went up the stairs. I walked, I walked here and there. And I thought, oh, I got like 6,000 something steps to get in. And then I was like, I never run unless like someone's chasing me and it's not good. So I was like, let's just like see if I can do it. And, you know, people make fun of, I saw it on TV with a friend's episode. People were making fun of Phoebe when she ran. And I had that memory in my mind. I did not want to be an awkward, funny runner. So I was like, where is a better place to try running than the airport? Because people are just going to think you're late for a flight. Right? So I was like, all right. So I just was like, I'm just going to sprint to that little post right there. And I did. And like, not really anybody looked at me, which I still, it took me like, I always thought that people were still looking at me for the fat girl. I was paranoid in public, all of that growing up. So it still like took me about a year realizing that people aren't looking at me because I'm fat mm. and they're not, people are it's awful the way that people are now, but it's an, again, that's all over the podcast. But in that time, being able to sprint, first of all, I realized that you don't, you get the same steps. So I don't really understand again, why people did it, but I got that feeling of like, I can't actually believe I did that. Like that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, literally. So then I started doing the stairs. That was harder, but still I did a Snapchat on it. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going upstairs. And I'm like not dying. I'm choosing to do it. And that was, I was like, Oh man, this is like, I just wrote about never having this adrenaline. I'm like, this is embarrassing. So I was like, okay. And then when I hit those 10,000 steps a day and it was a Sunday, and I got that number just was up there more because I did some other things. And I believe I was about like 80 something. I, I don't know what the miles, I think it ended up being like a seven mile. I was, I looked at my steps and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like 20,000 away from a hundred thousand steps. I was like, that's like crazy for me. And I was watching my neighbor's dog and I was like, I looked at Riley. Right looked to me. I was like, let's do this. And we kept walking up that path. And I actually sprinted like two blocks for me. That, that was just like crazy. And it wasn't because I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to start sprinting. First of all, it's not good for my body. Um, but I just wanted to see like, oh my gosh, I can do that and not fall down. So I, when I did it that night and did that seven mile like walk, and got to a hundred thousand steps. I actually put like videoed it because I was like, this is insane. Like how high I feel this adrenaline rush is what all those people feel. And I've made fun of my entire life. Like the, and just wrote something about it. Like this is literally, I just could not believe it. And I knew when I hit that hundred thousand 
that I could hit that 10,000 steps a day, no problem. And so then now I commit it. That's what I did with my, I do that now with my tracking. What I did with my Weight Watchers, it's a competition. I look at those steps and I'm like, boom. And it's amazing. I would go to doctor's offices. I'm in there six days a week and between all these things. And I would just sit and, you know, because I can't use my hands, I, you know, I'm voice texting and I'm like, I'm just like walk. I take my dog out in the morning and she's doing her thing in the backyard. And I just, now I just like walk instead of sitting. My rheumatologist is, she's so amazing that she spends a lot of time. So she often runs late. So I was like, I'm going to just be in the halls walking, getting some steps in. They were like, okay. And I just pop my head every 10 minutes. And then when they pulled me back to the room, I was like, hey girl, is she really going to come in? Cause like sometimes you still wait there. And she's like, oh, she's got two people in front of you. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just walk this hall in here. They're like, yep. I just literally, all the people were looking at me. I'm like, hey girl, this, you know, I know the nurses I'm in there you know, every week. So I was like, just getting some steps in. And they were just kind of like, okay. And I had my earbuds in. I had one hanging out just in case like they called me or, you know, and I was just like, boom, boom, boom. In that little rheumatologist three and a half hour experience, I walked like 2,100 steps. Yeah. I was like, why have I been sitting? Especially because I can't like use my hands on technology very well. Like what? So that's when I started realizing now I get, I'm early to everything. It's a, if I'm late, it's literally, if you, something bad has happened. Yeah. Especially if you don't hear from me, like I'm probably dead. So <laughs> I am early everywhere I go. So why would I get somewhere and sit in the car? So I got out of my car and because I can't be in the sun, I walk the insides of the hallways. That's awesome. I look insane, but Hey, hashtag my journey. That's, I mean, you, you have just all of these just fascinating stories about your mindset and how you've changed. I mean, I love that. I love how you were just like, I'm never going to exercise. I hate exercise. And oh, you're just girl, like, so embarrassing. You're busting through these. No, it's, I love it. I, I do stuff like that too. I think we should admit it because I think a lot of people don't realize that we change more than we mm-hmm. do, you know? Yeah. I actually, mm-hmm. I did a post once about how um, everything I've said I've never done is now one of my favorite things to do. Oh, I love that. Things I've said that I, I will never do is now one of my favorite things. So, I love it. Um, great. I, I, I love that about you. Well, I want to just finish up with my last question for okay. you, which probably has a lot to do with what we've been talking about. But what personal habit are you most proud of? How did you achieve it? And how do you maintain it? My personal habit is that when I you can tell I'm an all in person and I have to gain and obsess over knowledge. Other people say that I've transferred my addiction to Weight Watchers and I have, I'm obsessed. I'm all in just like I am with the other things that I love in my life. But while it's a blessing and a curse, I don't do things that I'm not interested in. Instead, I pull that energy and become a master. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do you to know a little bit about everything. Be a master at what you do. And so I am smart enough to know where my strengths are instead of putting things into the areas that I'm weak in and focusing and organizing and researching and making myself goals and crossing them off the list. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I'm a digital person much even more so because of the hand issues recently, but I do a very simple habit. I wake up in the morning. I do this cliche thing you've heard all your life. And I started 
with a very small list because when life started to get really bad for me and it snowballed, it could have gone a very bad way. So I decided to not get overwhelmed by the big details. I made a list and it was super achievable. The first thing on that list, make a list. Number one, make a list. Crossed it off. Number two, call Charlie. Cross it off. Super easy, right? Mm -hmm. Number three, track tomorrow. Boom, cross it off. They were not huge meal prep for the week. I'm not a meal prepper. I'm no, I'm not. All I do is eat Gardein. Okay, so I scanned all the Gardein and I know I'm going to eat a Gardein, right? Mm -hmm. So it achievable things. When you cross things off the list and do goal setting, you actually raise the endorphins. You get that high, right? Oh my gosh, I did it. And then you transfer it to bigger things. Yep. So that's my habit of taking little things, learning them and making them bigger and understanding when to walk away and when to get help and invest in something or realize that it's not something you're good at and be able to let it go even if you've invested things on it. It's just be real. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I mean, you're just describing self-efficacy all over the place. You know, that self-efficacy is what helps you achieve bigger goals. You have to start with small ones that Mm -hmm. give you that feeling of accomplishment and it gives you the energy and the belief that you can do bigger things. That's wonderful. Well, I lied. I want to ask you one more question. So if you had just one tip to give to somebody who's struggling with their weight and wants to lose weight and start this journey, what would be the one tip you would give them? Gosh, that's tough. In terms of the mindset or in terms of the program, I would say, I always say actually with people, the one-on-one coaching, I say, you really have to have, you know, I know I'm repeating myself, the come to Jesus meeting Mm -hmm. and be, I'm awful at this, but be still, write down what you hate, the opposite I know what you hate about yourself. Mm -hmm. I looked at those photos until I was disgusted. And I knew that it was time to change. Mm -hmm. And write it down, look at photos. And you know what? There's no judgment. If that's not your time, then it's not your time. Mm -hmm. You'll get there. Because here's my best advice. If you are not there, don't do it. Because what's going to happen most likely is you're going to go up, you're going to bring it back and fall backwards and be more defeated. And the cycle of the guilt and the shame of not being able to do it falls down deeper. Mm -hmm. And when you do achieve something, this actually is my biggest thing, celebrate your win. Mm -hmm. Celebrate it. You lost that. Who the hell cares if it's water weight? Girl, jut your hip out, do a little dance because you just lost even a pound of water weight. You lost point two, wonderful. Now, let's find the area to improve. Yeah, I love it. That's great. All wonderful stuff. Okay, so if people want to find you and connect with you and hear all your wisdom, where can they go? If uh, lots of lots of places, because I want anyone anywhere 
to be able to feel what I feel. So it started on a Facebook page. Um, actually, the, the private group is Vegans of Weight Watchers hyphen the group. And the public page is Vegans of Weight Watchers. And I have the tips to my, um, the links to my tips and tricks. If you are struggling with um, the binge eating portion control, especially uh, with the new program changes, um, or if you just want to be able to figure out exactly uh, how to make that work with those zero point foods or don't eat the zero point foods like myself, there is a uh, way to work around that. I have that link. There are photo albums. Um, everything has point values. So the Facebook page is a great place. YouTube I've started doing, which is awesome because it's easier for me. Um, and then Instagram is really, you know, just kind of some visual pictures. So if you want, you know, the help on what I'm doing now, the how to retrain your brain and how to break that binge, the best place right now would be to go to a Simple Nourished Living website. I'm now a contributing writer. Read my success story from the first time I hit the goal, then when I maintained, and now the series that I'm writing called Breaking the Binge. Mm -hmm. I'm going to teach you how I did it step by step by step. If your strategy isn't working, girl, guy, use mine. Awesome. Well, I'm going to put links to all of that in the show notes. Thanks. I have a lot of things people can, can check out. And yeah. this has been amazing, Lori. Thank this is so fun. So much. I mean, this is, I, I love it and I love you. So thank you so much for, for taking the time to be on the show today. You have such a great energy, I have to say, being, you know, mostly online, I don't get to have, you know, a lot of the one-on-one, the -on -one, in case you don't know, we have a little video thing. And it's just so fun to be able to have a face with a name and see someone that's so successful and passionate about helping other people. Oh, so boy. thank you for that. No, thank you. And thank you for doing your work to help other people because as of you know, it is, it's painful for a lot of people. Yeah. Being successes like you is going to inspire them. So, well, let's get inspired and help each other. It's all about that. Let's build a community and keep it going. I love it. Well, Lori, I hope that you have a very plantastic day. <laughs> you as well. I love that. And I will catch you online. Okay. Bye. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I look forward to having you back again next week. A very special thank you to the band Rocket Surgeons for permission to use the broccoli song. To find out more about the Rocket Surgeons, please visit their website at rocketsurgeonsband.com or Facebook at facebook.com forward slash rocket surgeons music. Also, for more information on my work, you can find me at facebook.com forward slash veggie fit kids, or you can email me at veggie doctor, V-E-G-G-I-E-D-O-C-T-O-R at veggiefitkids.com. Sharing is caring. Please share, rate, and review my podcast and contact me if you have ideas for future episodes. Thank you once again and have a plantastic day. We're having broccoli. Achoo.